were with us yesterday, you would uh, know that at two o'clock we tried to connect with American actress, singer and author Taraji P. Henson. But the line was just really weak. You know, the network let us down. And so she was kind enough to reschedule and uh, become our Friday profile for today. She's here in South Africa. A press tour is what she's busy with for the fifth season of the American musical drama series Empire. And it is her second Josie tour, but it's great to have her so accessible this time around. The Black Empowerment Taraji uh, Josie tour. So if you haven't watched Empire, you don't know what you've been missing out on. The show is heavy on melodrama, but that's exactly how we like it. Um, it premiered on Fox and it, uh, its premiere, in fact, ranked as Fox's highest rated debut in three years. I think it's one of the biggest things to happen in television in a very, very long time. And steadily, viewership has increased continuously. It is heavily streamed, downloaded, you name it. Um, if we look back at the first season, the first season alone, the finale, uh, has now surpassed the Big Bang Theory as the highest rated scripted program. This was in 2014, 2015. Um, uh, and then the, 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 the first season's finale was the highest rated debut season finale since Grey's Anatomy. Can you imagine that? Since Grey's Anatomy's first season. And of course, through the various seasons up to this fifth one, it has grown exponentially. So it tells the story of a hip hop mogul was played by Terence Howard, Lucius Lyon. He's a former drug dealer and the CEO of Empire Entertainment. And he's told about a medical condition and he now has to choose a successor. And therefore, the drama comes about. He has to think about his three children. But just as these decisions have to be made, his outspoken wife and the mother of these three children, uh, who served 17 years in prison for drug dealing, uh, is released. She sees herself as a sacrificial lamb for uh, Empire Entertainment. She took the fall so that Lucius could go on and build this incredible business. Now, she wants what's due to her. And of course, she wants to play a greater role in her children's lives, who are stars in their own right. Two of them are in music and one of them uh, is the CFO at uh, Empire. So let's join Taraji P. Henson now to pick up where we left off yesterday. Uh, hello, Taraji. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I started That's feeling good. like I was telling the story of a real family, you know, talking yes. about Empire. We get so wrapped yes. up. We get swept up in it all. So thank you for joining um, us again today. Thanks for having me. Again, take two. Take two, that's it. So what do you think, why, what do you think Empire is so addictive? Why do you think we, we get so drawn in? You're like, yeah, let me give it a chance. But next thing you know, you're binge watching. Your entire weekend is spent watching it. Well, I think you're enticed, first of all, by the music, how big the show, how glamorous it is, the fashion, the music. And then when you get inside of all of that, you see that there's this family. Mm-hmm. family and it's about family struggle and I think that everybody knows what, uh, what family is you know the complications of family the complexity you know mm-hmm. um, I just think everybody can identify with it yeah yeah maybe that's exactly what it is uh, so what was it like working with Lee uh, Daniels because we've also seen what he managed to do with the butler and the unforgettable movie Precious. I mean, it still haunts me till this day. Was he one of those directors that you wanted, that you had on your list? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's just an amazing director. He has great vision. Mm. 
quite creative. Mm. Yeah, I love working with him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Terrence Howard, of course. You starred with alongside him before. Uh, yeah. Someone was talking about hustle and flow, reminding me of hustle and flow yesterday. So that chemistry has always been there. Does he make for a great co-star? Would you say that there's a, a great working relationship? Yes, very great relationship because we go so far back. Yeah, we, you know, we know each other. I know his children. You know, my family. Like, you know, that's like a friend of mine. Mm, mm, let's make life easier on set. Much easier on set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the two of you have certainly, you just bring that entire, you, you elevate, uh, because you're the senior actors, as far as the rest of the cast is concerned. You know, you're the senior mm-hmm. actors that come with all of that experience. You must be like a mom and dad on, on the set. Uh, and there've yeah, been times. Yeah. So there've been times when we've watched, when I've certainly watched the show, and it just seems like we forget that you are Taraji P. Henson, but that in, we forget that you, you're, you're Taraji, but that you are, you completely transform into, into Cookie. So do you ever mm-hmm. find yourself in real life asking, what would Cookie do in this moment? No, not at all. When I'm done with <laughs> Cookie on set, I like to leave her there. <laughs> <she's> <laughs> but I think we all have a, a, a Cookie in all of us, don't you think? I think so. And I think that's why people are drawn to her because she is a moral compass. She does or says the things that people wish they, you know, that they're still fearful to say and do. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cookie, you know, she just like, God, I wish I could have said that, you know. Mm. And she just says it. She has no buffer. She's unapologetic. She's unapologetically herself. Yeah. And she owns her truth. She owns her past because it makes her who she is, you know. Mm. But at times, is it, it, it doesn't seem like it's scripted. It seems like you just go somewhere where you give even greater expression to uh, what Cookie would say if she was a real person. And say that again. I'm sorry, I can't. I couldn't. Ah, so I'm saying yeah. that at times it's like you go somewhere that some parts don't seem scripted at all. Wait, I'm so sorry. Say that again. Is it always scripted, or is that you de- taking license oh, and being free scripted? to express yourself? Yeah, is it always scripted? Yeah, um, pretty much of it's always scripted, but I always have a sappy comeback. <laughs> Cookie's always going to get the last line word. So a lot of times I add this, a lot of times I add this. Mm, mm, no, it comes across really well. Where we left yes. off yesterday, we were talking about your foundation, the Boris Lawrence yes. Henson Foundation. Um, mm-hmm. And our, we were reflecting on the impact that your father has had because he battled with mental health. So, uh, mm-hmm. and I wondered, like as a child growing up uh, in, in the family, within the household, what kind of lessons you learned, um, especially when it comes to mental health? Um, that it's okay to talk about it and that it's okay to ask for help. Mm. My dad was always very open. We talked about it in the household, so it wasn't ever a taboo for me, you know. Mm. When I found myself needing help and my son needing help, there wasn't a, ooh, you know, an embarrassment. It was like, you know, we just go get the help. Like, if you break your leg and you go see the doctor and they mend it back together, that's that's also a part of your overall health, isn't it? Why can't we treat our mental like that? 
Yeah, but it's and the reason why I have such an interest in the work that you're doing in the foundation is because in the past two years or so in South Africa, we've been grappling with the question of depression, particularly we've seen prominent suicides taking place. So it's a big conversation and it's really dominated in 2018. And there is still still that stigma, that uh, silence uh, that people are judged for speaking up. Yeah, and that's why it was so important for me to launch this foundation and put a face to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it makes, by me speaking forward and speaking about my issues and stuff I had, you know, issues I had with my son in the past, yeah, I think it makes it cool for people to go, oh my goodness, if she has issues, then it's okay for me to say something. You know, and that's what I've noticed. Since we've launched a couple of months ago, people are coming out and they're, you know, speaking their truth. And that's a great start. That's all I wanted to accomplish out the gate. Just to put it on the table and say, hey, you know what? We have a problem and it's okay. Mm. Okay Mm. to talk about it. Uh, it'll free up a whole lot of other people seeing what you have done. Well, you speak about uh, your son. Motherhood is a big part of your life. And being a single parent also comes with its own challenges. Uh, you've also detailed how abusive your his father once was in your relationship, his late father. And a lot of women don't often have the courage, uh, Taraji. They don't have the courage to pull themselves out of a relationship. How, where did you find the courage? How did you pull yourself out of it? Not so. I had to, I had to because of my son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't want one. I didn't want him to grow up hating his father. I didn't want, you know, it to be, you know, any issues. And I, you know, some, I believe people can grow and change, but we just couldn't grow and change together. So I had to make the the choice for myself and for my son because yeah. I didn't want him to grow up in that cycle and witnessing uh, that kind of behavior. Yes, and I don't want for him to witness that kind of behavior, to adapt that kind of behavior, you know. And so mm-hmm. I had to, I had to, I had to remove myself and my son from that situation. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's why so many women uh, relate to you in the way that we do, because your story is, you've been open about it, and it's so commonplace in many of our societies uh, in getting to where you are today. You, you often talk about how people describe you as a late bloomer, but I saw somewhere that when you were at university, you also used to do hair to earn a little bit of extra money. Yeah, I did hair and nails. And nails. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are yeah. you still any good at it today? Uh, I'm good at hair. Nails, I probably have to, might be a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> they have so many new, um, you know, um, uh, products out now that I don't, I can't keep up. Yeah. All the gel and everything. You know, back when I was doing it, it was just acrylic. Oh, wow. That's one of the hardest things to work with. I own uh, nail salons, so I found that interesting. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, and I taught myself how to do the nails. I taught myself. Wow. So there you were, buffing nails, filing, doing pedicures, manicures. And also turning in my term papers <laughs> at the same time. Uh, yeah, yes. that's uh, at um, at the time during how, at Howard University. So mm-hmm. you know, how did I enjoy in Howard University? Yeah, how did you enjoy? I'm sorry, that? What did you say? Yeah, I was saying while you were at Howard at Howard University between classes. Oh, that. Um, no, that wasn't at Howard. Actually, that was my first year at um, when I was at North Carolina A and T studying to be something that I wasn't. <laughs> supposed to be an electrical engineer <laughs> so when i yeah so 
so there I had a lot of time on my hands. Once I got focused on what I really wanted to do and I transferred to Howard University, I really didn't have time for that. Because yeah. I had moved out on my own and I needed a real job. And doing nails and hair just wasn't going to cut it. Mm. Plus, I wasn't licensed, so there was that. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to get a real job yeah. to maintain while I, myself while I was in school, uh, in school. Yes, yes. Now, one of the other things that I was curious about, because we all just get so used to rolling your name out, Taraji P. Henson. The P, mm-hmm. I've discovered, stands for, for Penda. What's the history yes. with, with your middle name? It's Swahili and it means love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just like the meaning of my entire name, um, Taraji Penda Henson. And Henson, uh, I'm a direct descendant of Matthew Henson, who co-discovered, who actually really discovered um, the North Pole in the state. Wow. I mean, in America. So, um, yeah, three, all three names mean something mm-hmm. really special to me. Oh, so the the pend the P is Penda, uh, and then Henson, yes. of course, the historical link, and then Taraji. What about Taraji? Taraji Swahili for hope. For hope, so hope, love. Hope, love, Henson. Oh, that is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And then you did your mitochondrial uh, DNA, a great discovery that tells us, in fact, that the women are the ones that carry all of this very vital information about our genetic lineage. And you discovered mm-hmm. some interesting things about your about yourself. Tell me about your identity. Uh, we found out that our um, bloodline is traced back to... Cameroon. Mm-hmm. So I'm West West African, um, and that's on my mother's mother's side. Wow. And have you been there? I have not. I keep kids. Stop coming to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please go to Cameroon. You must try and pass through there. Uh, and I what know. is what has that done for your sense of identity, knowing to that degree? Um, I just I think that all my life, knowing that I was a direct descendant of Matthew Henson, gave me a sense of pride. And then once I did that, then it's like, wow, I am, you know, in America, we're kind of like mutt. We don't know where we come from. Mm. So I think it's important that black people in America find their lineage. You know, they like to call us African-Americans, but half of us don't even know if we actually originate from Africa. So that felt good for me to know that my lineage actually does come from Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it now. It's not a guess anymore. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, um, as we conclude, I just want to look uh, talk about the things we'll be up to next year or what we can expect from you next year. Um, but there was a movie that you did, Proud Mary. Yeah, I was I absolutely enjoyed your foray into uh, action dramas. I loved watching Proud Mary and how you were Thank so you. convincing as someone who could kick ass, you know. And then I thought back to Smoking Aces, like, wait, hold on. This isn't the first time uh, that we see you in that kind of role. Did you enjoy right. that? I really did. And I, I produced that film and I, and I thought it was very important to produce that film because you know, I'm 48 now. I think we shot that when I was 46. And, you know, the industry in the world has women thinking that once we get of a certain age, that that's pretty much it for us. Mm. But when you look at men, they can be balding, they can have a big stomach, they can have crooked teeth. They don't ever have to get their teeth fixed. <laughs> you know, and they will work forever. They will work and do action. They'll just um, 
you know, cast a pretty young thing next to them. So to me, for me, I had to prove to Hollywood that you don't throw me out the pasture just because I'm 40 and above. I can still run and jump and flip and roll like me and Leeson, just like Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. literally what you do. <laughs> that's literally what you do in that film. You prove the point well. No one's going to forget yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we have What Men Want. Uh, saw the trailer the other day. I know it's coming out in 2019. Um, and it's based on that Mel Gibson film, What Women Want. So yeah. a romantic drama, uh, some comedy, and you're the lead character in that. Congratulations yeah. for that. Thank you. Looking- Thank you. I'm very excited about that. Uh-huh. I've always, you know, I think I'm better at comedy, but for whatever reason, Hollywood just keeps me in the drama category. And um, I'm just so grateful that I finally got a comedy that I can star in. Now I can prove, I've proven that I can do comedy. Because, see, you can be funny in a drama. But because the film is not a comedy genre, then they won't think you're a comedic actor. Mm. That's how shallow the thinking is. Mm. Like, did I make you laugh or not? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be nodding away like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then The Best of Enemies. Um, this strikes me as a movie whose time timing is absolutely perfect. Uh, when you think of what we certainly hear about tensions in the U.S. right now, racial tensions, especially in this Donald Trump administration. So the timing couldn't have been better for uh, um, The Best of Enemies. So what is it about, in essence, for those that haven't seen it, because it is based on historical events? Oh, um, I think that everyone needs to see it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an actual story that happened. Mm. Um, these people are very real. This is not fictional. I think it's important to see, especially in this time where the race tension is at an all-time high. And um, when I think what this movie does, it strips everybody down to just humans. And when you see that, then how can you choose a side? You choose the human side because that's the, the race we're all in. We're all fighting for humanity. Mm. Um, but some kind of way, somebody got in our heads and made it about color and class and all of that. But at the end of the day, we're still human. What I love about this, this story is that, you know, hate is taught. You know, nobody, nobody's born hated. Mm-hmm. And so we show that whole um, transition of, you know, wow, learning that we're all in this together. And we see this man who's been taught to hate all of his life shed that hate mm. and he actually denounces, denounces the Ku Klux Klan and becomes a civil rights activist and Ann Atwater and C.P. Ellis will best, remain best friends until their death. Wow. That's amazing. So oh, the transformation is going to be very moving. Uh, all of the best yes. with that. Can't wait to see it on uh, on the big screen because I think Thank that you. you're the mother of a young black man. Uh, we had all of those police incidents with young black males uh, in, in America and then with during Barack Obama's time and now we've transitioned into another type of tension in, in the U.S. So it's certainly a difficult time for race relations. Yes, very. And I think this, this um, background will be very timely. Mm, mm. So that's intended for uh, 2019. Are you still working yes. with uh, with Peter? With who? Uh, Peter, people f- uh, for the ethical treatment of animals. Oh, Peter, yes. I thought you said people. I was like, people? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I did the um, campaign and, you know, I'm just stuck to my guns. I don't wear fur. Yeah. 
I don't buy fur products. You know, I believe animals deserve a place mm-hmm. in this world just like we do. God put them here just like he put us here. Mm-hmm. Not for our pleasure. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. Um, that's another cause that I'm passionate about. You have as to remember, well. especially as colored people, you got to remember during, back in the day when they were snatching us from the country, we were animals. They were scalping us, taking our skin. You know, we were treated as mere animals. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that to another living being knowing that that's a part of my history. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely absolutely so it must have come as good news as well when you see brands like chanel uh announcing that they yeah. they also changing their stance they will no longer yes. use things like crocodile lizards snakeskin and fur. Mm-hmm. i love that i love that all of the brands and designers are starting to follow suit yeah, yeah. gucci has announced it too mm. so it's just good to see that ripple effect it's going to take us to change it and it's not too late we can do it if we all work together Yes, yes. So as we sign off, what's been your favorite thing so far? Uh, apart from the media tour, what's been your favorite activity or uh, place you've visited in South Africa? Um, new activity. I, I didn't do, I just, you know, I did the same thing last year. Um, the last time I was here, I went oh. and I visited more um, museums. I guess for me coming here, it's not even about activity. It's about interacting with the people. That's what I get the most um the most out of really when i come here mm-hmm. meeting the people well you'll be missing out on yes. afropunk but we'll enjoy on your behalf i know <laughs> thank you so much thank you very much taraji enjoy the rest of okay. your stay thank you and happy holidays thank you that's taraji p henson or should we say hope love Henson, what a great uh, heritage that she has. So she continues to be in the country for a little while longer. Came out with her family this time as part of her Black Empowerment uh, Taraji Josie tour. So we were able to have a much better conversation this time, even though she was still out and about. Kabazela did try and get her in studio, but the schedule had already been uh, confirmed. Samu says, oh my, Miss Taraji's names are Hope Love in Kiswahili. Uh, listening avidly uh, to the conversation her story is inspiring and she's just so relatable and so honest and open about the things that uh, she has been through um sorry jody didn't get to see your message on time you wanted to know more about acrimony um she's done some great titles um, her career is looking better and better